Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. This week, I received what I believe to be a very wise, profound, and insightful revelation. Christmas is over. Surely not, you might say, as you recoil in shock and horror. Christmas over? Wasn't Christmas just yesterday? Shouldn't the wreaths still be on the door and the tree twinkling in the living room? Now, for some of us, the end of Christmas is a welcome moment when the tree can be put away and the ornaments back in their boxes and County Line Road can return to a more tolerable form of chaos and children are back in school and difficult memories can once again be relegated to the subconscious. But for others, the joy of the season disappears all too soon and we miss the familiar carols and the festive atmosphere and the constant flow of sugar and the opportunity to catch up with family and friends. But regardless of how you kept your Christmas, and in case you haven't noticed yourself, the season did conclude last Wednesday, and now we are in the midst of a new season, a season of epiphany. And what is this epiphany? Do we fully consider and keep and grasp what this season is all about? To some, epiphany might seem that we are spiritually and liturgically twiddling our thumbs until the arrival of Lent, which is coming all too quickly this year on February 10th. Unlike Lent or Easter or Christmas, epiphany does not have a particular persona we don't send uh, epiphany cards. Uh, we don't give up something from epiphany. We don't receive a visit from some kind of epiphany mascot. Maybe the epiphany elephant might be in order. Now wait just a minute, you might be saying. There, is, there are the kings. We celebrate the kings at epiphany. And certainly we do, although they've been absorbed by the Christmas story and for many of us, the arrival of the Magi comes all too early on Christmas Eve. And of course, in our wonderful corner of God's creation, there is carnival, there is Mardi Gras, there is this season of frivolity and sometimes excess and celebration uh, where we uh, enjoy ourselves until uh, the coming of Ash Wednesday. Aren't those ways we might respond to keep epiphany? And those certainly are well and good. But I wonder this morning if there are other ways that we could keep this most holy season and if we could further enter into this season of epiphany. And I believe one way is that we can consider and comprehend and unpack what just happened at Christmas. At Christmas we receive this wonderful gift of the Christ child. And at Christmas we sit with, ador with adoring shepherds and singing angels and we abide 
in the glory and the joy and the wonder of the Christ child. But like any new parent, we can't just sit there and abide in the glory and the joy and the wonder. Eventually that revelation comes, that realization comes, what are we going to do with this thing? And so, on the one level, the Christmas story is beautiful and dear, but we are called to then enter into the theological and personal impact of that story. What does it mean that Jesus became fully incarnate in a human being in that stable in Jerusalem? Well, for one reason, by God becoming incarnate, God declares that God is a very personal God. And you may have heard me say this before. They say all preachers really only have one sermon. And every week they just preach a variance on the same sermon. And in many ways, this is my sermon. The reality, the profound reality that God is not a distant God, but God is a personal God. And through the incarnation, God wants to get to know each and every one of us in a real and personal and profound way. And so in this season of Epiphany, we are meant to return the favor of then be in relationship with God in a real and personal and profound way, to then deepen or perhaps even start that relationship, a relationship with a God that is not some distant, out-there God that we only see in paintings or in dusty books, but a God who is with us in our joys and in our pains and in our prayers and in our celebrations and in the everyday monotony of life. It is us and God. But if that were not enough, in this season of Epiphany, we are meant to take that personal God and share it with the world. I'm reminded this morning, of course, of baptism on this Sunday when we celebrate the baptism of Christ. And when we were baptized and when we baptize more members of this parish, there's a lot going on in that font. And certainly we are joined with Christ and we are washed from our sins and we are welcomed into the Christ's promise of everlasting life. But also in baptism, we are welcomed into something larger. One of my favorite moments in the service of baptism is when the entire congregation is asked, will you support this person in their life in Christ? And the congregation responds, we will. Baptism is not just about one person. It is about an entire community of faith adding a member to its ranks, but also joining together in the work of God. And that work of God is to go out into a world and share this God who wants to be in relationship with the world. For God did not become incarnate just for us, 
for us Episcopalians here at the Chapel of the Cross, but for the entire world. And that world is so desperate. In this world that is so broken, in this world that is in such pain, it is crying out for a God who loves them and wants them and wants to be with them. As the prophet Isaiah says, God has given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeons. Or as St. Augustine once said, and I sometimes use this as a benediction at the end of services, in you and through you, the work of the incarnation must go forward. You are to be taken. You are to be blessed. You are to be broken and distributed, that you may be the means of grace and the vehicles of eternal love. God is with us, we celebrated at Christmas, but in this epiphany season, we must go out into the world and share that God with us, with God's creation. So Christmas is over, and the decorations and the carols and all of that is put away, and we look to a new year and to a new season. But in this season of Epiphany, as we remember kings and king cake, let us also remember what this arrival of Jesus means. It means in our own life, in our own relationship with God, and in the world's relationship with God, and how we are called to share that God of love with that expectant world. Amen.